Hello, uh, this is a skill check for gaming and well-being podcast from YMCA Exeter. Your hosts are myself, Andy, and uh, Zach on the other side of Zoom. Hello, Zach. Hello, Andy. How are things today? Yep, going well. Uh, it was. Uh, it was. I mean, it's weird. It's been a. I always forget that we record this before we put it out, which means then um, it goes out in a few days' time, which means then when you ask me things like, how's it been? And then I, I, do, I, do I pretend it's been the day in the future that I've had, or do I talk about whether what it's been like currently on the day that we're recording? I always, I, and then I always like, I don't want to say something that then shows off the fact that, obviously now I've broken the fourth wall and everyone knows that that's what's uh, happened. But, but I, I usually I try and not to, you know? I, I but yeah, today, the day that we're recording it is, is good. Yeah, it's going well. Excellent, excellent. England I... hasn't lost to Italy yet, but they might have by the time this goes out. <laughs> <laughs> yes. By the time this goes out, we are either probably still very happy with ourselves or um, heartbroken, I guess. Disappointed. Yep. Being an England fan. It, I mean, it is the eternal journey of never quite achieving what you think that they should. And so if they lose in the final they have got to a final which a team hasn't done for a very very long time but equally will have been underachieved because you'd, you could argue that we should probably should win against an aging Italy team with the young squad that we have so there you go to the future selves we hope you're happy with the results um, you know what before we get started can I share? You can always, can always share. share. Thank you. Dentists. Ooh. I'm still a bit shell-shocked. I went to a dentist, Zach, this morning. And it went all right. It was all right, you know? I feel like that in and of itself is a, is a, a, a fairly substantial victory in that those words don't often go together, do they? I've been to dentist and it went all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I am I am still processing my emotions over this morning, which is probably the reason why I wanted to share it now. I, I appreciate it's not gaming related in any way, shape or form. And uh, I do apologise uh, for people who expected gaming talk but found ourselves talking about, you know, the Teeth podcast. What have you been at gaming since uh, the last episode? Well, I was unknown about what to share because coming back after having a, a bit of time off, I played a lot of different games. And then since I came back, I've been playing a different game again. However, I feel like it's my responsibility to shine a spotlight on new and interesting gaming experiences rather than just telling you about the latest season pass of a game that I might may have been playing. So with that in mind, Scarlet Nexus is a game I've been playing. Um, hmm, how to describe it? Uh, it is like if you watch anime, they made a game and it's just a game that's an anime 
and that's the art style and that's kind of the vibe they're going for it's a futuristic setting uh, beings from another world keep invading your world because of an event that took place 2000 years in the past and so it's your job you've joined the kind of the, the wing of the military of the country that you belong to that kind of goes out and puts a stop to these invading creatures you have telekinetic powers as do all the other people that are in this unit that's their specific kind of reason why you're gathered together um, and it's put them within a action role-playing experience so you have a party of people that you go out with you all level up you get new gear and new equipment um, it's really cool I'm really enjoying it actually and I think the only reason I've played it more is because it hasn't hooked me yet there hasn't been that moment in the story where you're like I can't believe that and I know there will be there has been a little bit of a twist already but there hasn't been the okay now this is serious like, moment that's coming like you can feel it building um, there's, there's definitely built up mystery already there's been this kind of you don't you're at this point without a spot I don't want to spoil too much at all because I want people to go and play it I think it's an Xbox exclusive as well so sorry PlayStation no you know sorry not sorry I'm not sorry at all <laughs> Um, uh, and I don't think it's on Game Pass, so you have to have to pay. I know, crazy, right? A game on Xbox that isn't on Game Pass, I think you have to pay for it. But but I don't think it's a full sixty or seventy dollar game. I think it's like a fifty-five, fifty fifty pound game. Okay. Um, so it's not it's not like you're not you know there is a deluxe edition you can obviously pay a bit more for, but I wouldn't do because I think the things included in it are just cosmetic, so it's not worth it for a game. Mm. Is that kind of a game it's not worth buying the cosmetics for it um, because no one will see them apart from you because it's not an online game so yeah. there's no reason why you then pay an extra tenner just to get an in-game outfit that no one's going to see apart from you um, but yeah it's, it's a really interesting concept I like that they're obviously kind of they've already started kind of doing this thing of like you joined this organisation because of a event that happened in your past that made it so like that was your conviction essentially your character's conviction for joining um, but now things are starting to un uncover about maybe the, the organization isn't as legit as you thought it was and maybe maybe they're up to no good behind the scenes and so they put on the front of saving humanity but ultimately there's more nefarious things perhaps going on also really cool about this game is that the game at the start of the game when you first load in it gives you a choice of two characters to play mm. uh, their stories run in parallel so this game is meant to be played twice from two different perspectives, which I really like. I think it's really cool. So, so already, already playing the character that I'm playing, I've had lots of interactions with the other character you can play, and the game does a really good job of making sure that you recognize that if you were playing the other storyline, the events surrounding what they're going through in the story are really clearly, you can see how like, oh, well, they've gone off to do that. So then in my head, I'm like, well, if I was playing as that character, then I'd be doing this right now, but I'm not. I'm playing... They do a really good job of making you really aware of, like, that it's a fundamentally very different experience depending on which person you chose at the start. And that they're in... You, you do both end up joining this organisation, this military organisation, for two very different reasons, and your interaction with the organisation is very, very different. And because of the thing that's just happened in the game, the kind of... The first kind of, like, little hook that they're putting out there of, like, the Mr. Serious side of this military organization, um, you, you, the two characters uh, kind of at odds with each other a little bit about 
like what they think of that information that they now both have and don't know what to do with. Uh, the implications are very different for each of the characters, which makes the second, which makes them playing through as both characters really exciting because you get you are getting a different side to the story because there are definitely things I'm like I want to know about and the mm. other person if you're playing as the other character you would know more about certain things yeah equally you can see where I found out things and information that the other person if you're playing as the other person wouldn't know about the world and what and what's going oh, on so it's really cool that they're doing that um and I'm I'm definitely going to go back to it and finish it um when there's a bit more of a kind of a lull between you know the games that make you play because of season passes and things. Once they calm down and the season end or the seasons wind down, mm. I'll be back. I'll be back in Scarlet Nexus because it's it's just a very unique and the gameplay is super fast and like it almost blends, sounds like, like sort of it TV. Sounds really cool. It almost sounds like the sort of story that you'd normally see presented in like an episodic TV show. Yeah, I think that's what they've done. Like, and and it's a very kind of tropey anime theme. Like we're set in the future, and we're gonna save the world. But ooh, the place—the place we're working for—is he really evil? And now we've got to fight them. Like that's a super common thread in like anime and like, like you say, TV in general, or just TV series TV. in general. And all they've all they've done is pull that into a game and and put gameplay mechanics around it and great characters. And um, so far, it's, it's 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 been really enjoyable. I've really enjoyed it. And for those who missed it. At start, what's the name of the game? The name of the game is Scarlet Nexus. Scarlet Nexus. Potentially Xbox exclusive. I've not seen. It's definitely not on PlayStation. I don't know if you can. You might be able to get it on PC because it's Windows. So, you might be able to get it on PC and Xbox. You know what? Let's, let's have a look. Yeah, let's let's have a look. We we can do that now. Yeah. We can do that. Scarlet Nexus video game. Uh ah. According to Google, platforms, are you ready for this? I'm ready. PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and Series S, and Microsoft Windows. So it might be a time exclusive then on Xbox. They might just have the first six months or something. Um, I imagine if you click through to the Wikipedia, it will tell you. It's not, you know. Yeah. It'll tell you whatever. I guess it must be a time exclusive. They were Ooh. definitely pitching it as a only on Xbox thing. Uh, apparently, uh, it's out on PlayStation 4 as of... There you <laughs> go, then. As of just like about two weeks ago. Yeah, so really recent. There you go. It's everywhere. Well, console. Well, no, it's everywhere apart from Switch. Which is technically Talking everywhere. Switch. Switch, doesn't, Switch doesn't count. What do you mean Switch is a game? <laughs> Cheeky. Uh, talking about Switch. Yes. Uh, now, I'm very aware I'm meant to be talking about a game that I've been playing and describing it, explaining what it's about. But the game I've been playing, well, it's called Sky. Um, I've always known as Sky Children of the Light. It's free on uh, Switch. It's also free on uh, uh, iOS and I think Android as well. Um, in regards to what it's about, well, to put it plainly, I was playing it with my uh, eight-year-old around and there were a number of times when she said, what 
what's going on? And I'm like, well, I'm kind of going forwards. I mean, as far as actually explaining the point of the game goes, there, there's something about light, and there's something about candles, and there's something about exploring. There's lots of flying around involved. It's a very gorgeous, very relaxing, very chilled out looking game, especially the flying sections. It seems to be quite a um, calming feel about it. It's a game that kind of makes you stop and take in the environment around you. Uh, there is apparently there's a social kind of dynamic to it. I've not really found it myself yet. Um, does look like there's some crossplay involved um, but again not found it myself yet I think it's mostly a, a single player game but with a multiplayer kind of um, option but yeah I guess for the price it's worthwhile checking out if you're looking for a game that is different and again, the price is free. Uh, the game is called Sky Children of Light. I think it's still on the news articles on the Switch um, system. But yeah, check it out. And maybe drop us a line and explain it better than what I've just done. Please. I don't think you did a bad job. But... Um... <laughs> That's that's part of the fun of then sending people, listeners away to go and find out and search the game. Because I imagine people get to the games we talk about and are like, that is not how it was explained to me at all. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just part of the fun, though. That's part, that's part of gaming is that obviously we all have our unique takes on things and we can do our best to describe what we've been playing. But ultimately, you know, you might get there and people have a very different experience of it, which is cool. That's why gaming's cool. One of the many reasons. Absolutely. <laughs> so, gaming news-wise, uh, where should we start this week? I mean, hmm. have you heard about the Ubisoft announcement? I have heard about the Ubisoft announcement about Assassin's Creed. Yeah, Assassin's Creed. The plans for Assassin's Creed to go from a, I guess, yearly-ish cycle yeah. to some sort of Fortnite-style game where you play forever. Yeah, that means they can charge you money forever. <laughs> really? Is that... Uh, is that for, like, season pass and things like that? And... Yeah, live service games generally orientate themselves around a season pass model where the idea is that there'll be an in-game event. Fortnite are the best at doing this, by the way, and I think one of the only companies that justify the continual like paying them for a season pass because they have built their world in a way which means that every season they've literally changed the entire world, <laughs> which is insane how they've managed to keep doing it and keep pulling it off. Um, 
in a way that makes the game fresh and worth paying like arguably as well their pay model because they have so many people playing they don't have to charge a uh, like a premium price for the season passes i think their season pass is like five quid every few months so it, it it's good value for the money um and and that's it it done well the problem is ubisoft are renowned for like not always getting monetization monetization right in their games and sometimes putting a paywall behind things you you think as a gamer shouldn't be there and also then the price point being fairly steep so like the entry level cost of like stuff has been they just not got it right all the time in some of the other games and even assassin's creed games like putting like premium things that you feel like should be in the game anyway but behind the behind them like by the by the complete map of the game or this armor set that's the coolest one we've ever done and ever made guess what that's not in the actual game but you can buy it and wear it in the game like they're known for that kind of stuff like mm. and so them being free reign within the model of like live service is like scary <laughs> for gamers i think in general because they're a bit merciless when it comes to getting money out of their consumers that buy their games uh, yeah, yeah, I think I was going to say this in in a defence, but I think it just muddies the water in that they're using the term live service in the announcement um, and live service platform. But what that actually means, it's like, well, is this going to be some sort of hub for like multiple? Assassin's Creed games which transfer over each other in a weird twisty way and does this just mean that as well as paying 50 quid or whatever it is for the new Assassin's Creed game you're going to have to spend another amount of money on the live uh, service and it just keeps on going and going and going yeah no that, that it does and I think they're, they're being purposely ambiguous because they probably don't know themselves yet. <laughs> like they've, they've only started designing the game. So as much as they might have things like assets already in place through past Assassin's Creed games that they might have built a lot of the stuff, um, they probably don't know quite yet how they want to monetize it. And they're probably... They may be doing the right thing and seeing what public feedback is on this announcement and then being like, okay, we're going to do this and change this and feed this, you know... That would be the. That's my nice head. That's my. That's my. They Ubisoft could be doing it the right way, at the moment. Um, I don't know. We we have seen that over the last couple of years in like video gaming news. You know, Sonic the Hedgehog being the main obvious thing that comes to mind. In that mm. Sonic the Hedgehog movie trailer was released, everyone went. Yeah. That Crazy. Sonic looks like the stuff of my nightmares. Take it away from me. Take it away from me now. Yeah. Sega and was it Universal who made it? Um, went away and went, okay, let's make him mm. look more like Sonic. Yeah. And, well, I've, I've I think I've not seen the movie myself, but the, I saw yeah. the and I and whilst I I get it that, that there's never been a fans have more say than they ever have done before because of social media and the way that you can create a whole storm around a, a marketing campaign you can uh, people have the power now they can completely obliterate 
that stuff in a, in a second. If people don't like it, they can create far more of a global buzz than than a good marketing campaign by a company can. Which is crazy to me that social media allows for for that to happen. Gaming's slightly different though in that gaming companies don't really care. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, yeah. The, the 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 amount of money a game can make versus a movie by by introducing really really carefully curated microtransactions under mm. the guise of live service and season passes. We're at the point now where where gaming is just so much bigger than movies. Like a movie company that puts out a movie that doesn't do well loses a lot of money. A game that is half ass but puts a really clever pay system in can make more money than that than a movie can ever in like hours. Mm. So like so 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 the, the motivations behind getting things right or wrong or listening to fans or not are slightly different when it comes to gaming because some gamers in general at least especially now I think you're thinking about kind of mobile gaming and and like the free to pay the free to play model which this will almost definitely fall under that they'll make it free to play and then have you buy a season pass and then maybe some cosmetic items in the game the amount of money they can make if everyone that downloads the game for free thinks oh I've downloaded the game for free so I'm not paying the money oh there's this really cool outfit on the store though it costs me five pounds if every person that downloaded that free-to-play game bought that one cosmetic item for five pounds, they've already made more in more money yeah. than a it took to make the game, and b that that movie that Sonic would made made have made a loss would ever see in its entire lifetime mm. because of the amount of people that game. And, and so so it's, it's it's just different. It's different now, which is crazy that that gaming has just made other me- mediums and media things and I guess the money that gets talked about is just staggering and I guess what what's occurred to me is that you're not just going after the Fortnite model but with Assassin's Creed covering yeah, the IP eras, yeah actually that sells itself very well to the different seasons yeah, and 100%. And, I, and don't don't get me wrong. Like they have the world and and the the kind of the fans and the IP and to make it really cool. Like don't get me wrong, it could come out and it could be the coolest thing ever. And if they get it right and and it's and it and and kind of they spend time really thinking about how to monetize it because obviously you know it has to make some money somewhere. They have to pay the developers and stuff. And um, I imagine it'll be the free to pay model, which means then. People will go in expecting cosmetic microtransactions because that's just how mm. games like that fund themselves. But Fortnite do it well because their game's good. <laughs> so, so that that's the difference here is that people don't mind spending money on Fortnite because Fortnite is good, and the people that enjoy Fortnite will happily pay money to play to get cosmetic items and to level up the season passes and things because it's a good game, and they do live service really well because they do world-altering, game-changing events. Every, every three months. The problem is other games have done it less well and that if you half ass it, the problem is because if you do it well the first season, you do it when the first game first releases, it only takes every person to buy the season pass that's downloaded the free-to-play game. They've made their money back. There is literally no reason for them to make a good second season. Mm. And, the, and Fortnite do it because the developers behind it are really passionate about gaming and want to keep making really cool gaming experiences and see themselves as pioneers in that live 
live event type space. And so they keep pushing the boundaries of what a live service game can do. The kind of word altering events you can participate in together in a lobby of a hundred other people. That's their bag. The developers there love doing it. The problem with Ubisoft is they do not have a track record for caring so much about the people that buy their games or sticking around long enough to fix the games when they don't go well. Indeed. So take, take all that with a pinch of salt. <laughs> so, okay. Next item. Courtesy of Wired.com. Now, I'm going to link to some show notes and I'm going to give a brief overview of why I like this article uh, rather than go through it in too much detail because it is a little long. Um, Basically, it's entitled What Gaming Does to Your Brain and How You Might Benefit. And uh, the subtitle is, here are some things to think about addiction, improved neurological function, and your overall relationship with video games on a better, more intuitive level. Okay, so already quite deep uh, in comparison to, you know, Assassin's Creed. Uh, What I like about this is it's almost an article of two halves in that the first half does take a very serious look at I guess the downside of gaming Um, if I was to be slightly critical it does kind of hit the typical beats of looking at the the more kind of extreme examples so it starts off uh, talking about World of Warcraft which even amongst gamers it's known as an addictive game Um, even amongst people who aren't necessarily into it i mean i remember back when it was probably bigger than it is now and uh back when i was you know on a tech support desk and people knew actually there were world of warcraft players who would try and balance their shift pattern around uh raids and parties and things like that on World of Warcraft and we respected it, it was okay with us it was fine but it was obvious that where priorities were if you know what I mean Um, and yeah it talks about and the article talks about how the game is sometimes known as World of War crack to really kind of push home how addictive this game could be it does talk briefly about Fortnite as well. Um, very much making the point that a lot of games are, are there to kind of give you that sudden mad buzz of energy um, to kind of keep your attention, keep you occupied. Um, talks about uh, like a nine-year-old girl being taken to rehab as well um and yeah so it kind of does go down this this path of this of what gaming can do but about half but about halfway through it does kind of get to a point where it turns around and says but psychological research on video games is in its infancy 
and then it goes on to talk about how actually one reason behind that is because the video games that we know of today they're still in quite an early stage as well so back when I was younger you know video games were loaded up on a tape deck and you'd hit the space button to throw a newspaper at your neighbours and yeah I'm not going to suggest that anyone does that in real life but what I'm saying is that they're quite simple compared to the the immersive experiences of today Uh, and this article does go on to say that actually after years of research they found that action games in particular um games where reflexes uh, reaction time and hand-eye coordination are challenged there is research that's providing um and i'm gonna quote uh, tangible cognitive advantages that help us in everyday life and uh, it goes on to say that individuals who regularly play action games demonstrates improved ability to focus on visual details useful for reading fine print in a legal document or on a prescription bottle. They also display heightened sensitivity to visual contrast, important when driving in thick fog. The multitasking required to switch back and forth when reading a menu and holding conversation with a dinner partner also comes more easily. And it goes on to talk about stamina and abilities and yeah it is it's definitely an article out that I would suggest people check out if if for no other reason uh, for it's, it's quite balanced I feel and can, can, can I read it off the last the, the last bit here because I think please do it's particularly important for what is particularly good for people who may be listening to this thinking well where does this fit in with family life and things like that the fact that games are specifically designed to keep us playing makes following this advice harder but by remaining cognizant of our own and our family's gaming habits Make sh- making sure to log off sometimes to do other things and by ultimately playing video games in a way that doesn't unrestrictedly keep us on the hedonic treadmill there's potential to leverage gaming to be mentally more resilient quicker and smarter in real life and there's just so much hope in that Yeah, it's cool. And, and I think we don't talk about this, but we should. I think this article does a good job of remembering that gaming is still fairly a new thing in the way that gaming is now, at least. Like you said, like gaming has come on leaps and bounds in the last 10 years um, to the point where 10 years ago, gaming was still being primarily mainly done on PC and consoles were like in their second generation. I think you're talking like PlayStation 2, Xbox mm. 360 type era like and if you pull up even just clips mm. of games from that generation like against some of the things that are available now and it is night and day in terms of like what is possible um, and that will only 
keep becoming more and more profound as technology becomes better and better. Like the 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 experiences will just keep becoming uh, more and more real, uh, more and more kind of visceral, more and more more and more kind of refined technology. Especially when you think about something like virtual reality, uh, that's still you know, and it's really still in its infancy, mm. uh, even compared to other types of gaming, and the the potential the potential for like almost lifelike virtual reality experiences, which can be done for a longer amount of time than is probably comfortable wearing a virtual reality headset at the moment. Yeah. Um, as that technology becomes better and better, like gaming will just gaming will just grow to be more than what it is now, even though it is. And has been for the last few years the, you know, the highest earning media uh, kind of in the world. Like globally, its earnings make kind of the music industry and the film industry look like small fries alongside mm. gaming and the amount the amount of money. And yes, a lot of that is to do with how much money is earned through mobile gaming. How is that going to develop in the next five, ten years? You know, it's only going to get more and more refined more and more kind of find its niche um so it's, a, it's an exciting time to be a gamer it's exciting to see some of these thoughts come out about how gaming can be a huge benefit to people's lives especially when it comes to kind of their own uh kind of well-being and then alongside that kind of mindfulness and yeah things like reaction times and and especially as a young as a younger person who is still developing the idea that gaming can form a part of a bigger picture which can be positive is exciting as gamers as obviously we're older gamers so you know our reaction time is probably as good as it's gonna be <laughs> we're, we're, we're not training ourselves for esports over here right we're, we're on the decline but for younger people that are interested in gaming there's not been a better time and will hopefully only continue to be an exciting thing to be involved in especially when you know it forms such a big part of the world now that there is lots of careers and opportunities in gaming that there just have not been and have not existed before but are available now to young people that are excited and passionate about gaming like when me and you were, were gamers when we were younger there was not an industry to join there was not jobs to be had yeah. it, it was it was just didn't exist um and to think that it does now is is exciting as a content creator or as a game developer or as a community community manager or a social media expert that the gaming industry has grown in such a way that means that the jobs that you can find in those spaces are just so varied and so different now because mm. it has become so much bigger than anyone thought it was was gonna be which means then it comes with lots more opportunities that they never thought we would have to negotiate um which means then as a young person that's interested in gaming, like there's every chance and every possibility that, okay, while well, you don't think you're going to be a game developer and that you're not going to be coding or you're not going to be an artist, um, there are so many different roles within game development now, um, all the way through to kind of marketing and market research, all the way through to kind of like managing online communities um, that are affiliated with online games, all the way through to playtesting. If you're genuinely really really good at the good game and have no problem playing the same five minute section of a game hundreds of times to eke out every small little imperfection there's space for you in mm -hmm. that space too and and so it's 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 exciting that i feel like the science is 
at, at least at this point, backing up the idea that gaming can be part a very positive part of someone's life and not just the thing, the reason why all these bad things are happening or the re- all it's all you know, which it has been for such so much of our lives. I guess gaming has had a bad rap, has been been blamed for a lot of things and not been the thing that a lot of people think is like a waste of time or not worth doing. Whereas now, I think the the narrative around it has completely changed and yeah, it's exciting. And uh, I'm more excited for the, the younger generations that come after us that get to just another thing they can enjoy and partake of and be, mm. participate. Um, and that gaming is spoken amongst those things now rather than in opposition to. Totally. Totally. And, and long may it go that way. Mm. Yeah. Amazing. It's, I guess that means it's to me to do the outro. I feel like we we talked a lot, but I feel like we were also like succinct with our thoughts, which is not usual for us in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> Guys, this has been Skill Check Podcast, the uh, gaming and well-being podcast from YMCA Exeter. I've been Zach, and he's been Andy. And as always, you can find us on all good podcast providers by searching skill check podcast if that sounds too much or is you're screaming out is there an easier way there is an easier way if you go to ymcaexit.org.uk to our homepage, there's a link to the podcast on the homepage. just find this the little box on the web page that says skill check and you can click on that and it'll take you straight to one of those places where you can listen to this week's episode or any of the episodes we've done up to this point if you want to give feedback on the podcast or want to ask questions or have anything at all and want to communicate about any any part of the podcast to us you can do that by emailing us at response at ymcaexit.org.uk you can also find us on social media so on instagram and twitter it's at ymcaexeter you can find us on there um, any kind of questions or comments or things about the podcast that you have that you post on there will also find their way back to us um, so feel free to, to, do, to do that there as well It's been a pleasure, as always, and we will see you all next time.